in Cleveland, Ohio, Atlanta, Georgia, and Charlotte, South Carolina. Three men sat in their homes. On this bitterly cold winter's night, they discussed locksmithing and door hardware. What do you know about cold? On this fairly chilly winter's night, they discussed locksmithing and door hardware. It's it's not night here, and it's technically not even winter either. <laughs> On this somewhat cool late autumn afternoon, the three men sat inside their houses talking about locks and locksmithing stuff. All three knew that they were safe as the locks on the doors had freshly tumbled tumblers and all were well-oiled with graphite. The three men each had a tumbler containing their favorite Yuletide beverage. They raised their tumblers in cheer as they had done for over a year. These men with the tumbled tumblers Tumblers full of drink and could tumble with the best were known as the Three Locksmiths. No, you idiot. You got it wrong again. Jesus. This This is the Three Tumblers tumblers Holiday Holiday Special. Special. Folks, it's hard to believe that you've been listening to us for over a year now. We've gone through a couple of changes, and we think we finally found our voices in the world of podcasting. That's right. With Season 2 now well underway, we've covered a lot of material. And we know that it's been pretty heavy stuff, but we hope you've gotten something out of it. Today, we are going to give y'all a break from the doom and gloom, and instead, answer some of your questions give you a behind-the-scenes peek at how we make the show happen, and of course, have some fun at our own expense. So sit back, fill your tumblers, and enjoy the show. So guys, how exactly did we come up with the idea to start a podcast? Tim, do you remember? I do, actually. Um, and it actually dates back to Memorial Day weekend of 2022, when Jeff was coming to visit you in Atlanta, and I was also going that same weekend to visit some friends. And the three of us decided to meet up at your shop, and Jeff had the bright idea of creating a group text between the three of us. And ever since then... We have texted in that group chat every single day. And during Thanksgiving weekend of that same year, 2022, we were just talking about some random lock stuff. And both of you guys started throwing out just all kinds of information. And I sat back and I said, this is such a great exchange of knowledge. Why don't we make a podcast? I'm just impressed that more than three people actually wanted to listen to what I have to say. Yeah, apparently it's thousands and, a month now. Yeah, uh, I really didn't. I didn't remember the exact history, but uh, you forgot to mention an important part that the reason I was also in Atlanta was because it was Tyler's daughter's first birthday. That was number one reason. Oh, can't, can't forget so that. Had, we we had an ice cream truck there. Uh, Jeff, yes, this is yes, from you YouTube. Uh, uh, Listener I seven 
846 wants to know, and I'm going to direct this at you because you came up with it. How does three tumblers come about the name? Where does it come from? Well, if you can't tell, there's three of us. Um, I sort of thought as a joke on the three tenors, because that's the kind of music my grandparents always listened to. Um, and we always, as locksmiths in general, hate when people use the word tumbler. So it's sort of a tongue in cheek thing. Um, but mostly just because there's three of us and it's locksmith related, nothing that deep or, you know, I would say three tumblers is not an effective lock, depending on what kind of lock it is. If it's a lever lock, that might be okay. If it's a pin tumbler lock or a wafer lock, I would uh, hope that uh, that was a mistake. But no, I just think it was because there's three of us. That that was really it. Yeah, and three tumblers are better than none. Yes, yeah. and everybody calls the part of a lock a tumbler, so. That's the other part of the tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> yes, and every part is a tumbler, not just yeah. the pins. The lever might be hanging off the door, but the tumbler's broken. Yeah. Yes. I need a two-and-three-quarter backset tumbler for my tumbler. Up next, Jeff has some more fan comments. But first, here's a sneak peek at how we break up the stress when we record. If you are interested in learning CPR... Contact your local chapter of the American Red Cross or the American Heart Association. For all the responders out there, I'm William Shatner. Next time on Rescue 911. Here's a comment from Don's Locks. Good job, guys. I find it most interesting, but also not surprised, that dodgy deals are done on purpose to save money. I've seen a lot of buildings with dodgy stuff. Nightclubs with double fire doors chained and padlocked up so people don't let friends in, etc. I did work in a brothel slash kinky place and had to install lots of emergency lights and exit signs lights before they could reopen. The fire doors were also chained up, and a patron called the fire brigade and they have the power to shut the business down until everything is fixed. Good show from y'all. Lots of research, great info, and professional editing. Keep it up, guys. While you hear about 40 minutes or so every episode, we put in many hours of work to create them. From researching and writing initial outlines, to finishing scripted narration, and finally editing, it takes hours to bring you final product. I just want to show you guys this is what we have done just this season. Just what's released. That doesn't even include unreleased content yet. So we put in a ton of work to this. Uh, Tyler, kind of describe your part. Like, what, what do you do? So when we first started this season, or the outlook for this season... We thought, oh, okay, we'll we'll do it in one episode, and then I would do about 1,500, 2,000 words. And I thought, okay, that's that's the outline. And Tim will finesse it a little bit, maybe add a little bit to it. And then all of a sudden, each episode became five, 6,000 words. And we thought, oh, God, I can't do this in one episode. It's going to have to be multi-part. So 
we started doing um well we realized that we were kind of out kicking our coverage and we were going to need to multi-part these and so that's still kind of how we do it today i will do a 1500 to 2000 20,000 foot view outline and then tim will take my research and then run with it and he'll make it a lot more better and a lot bigger a lot more substantive and that's how we get to where we're at right now and actually i'm not going to change anything i'm not going to try to do with tim i tried that with a von dupert episode and i hated it so i'm just going to put it off on him he's going to have to do it going forward and originally originally i was doing all the uploads and stuff like that through transistor setting up all the different uh, accounts and now I sort of do some of the social stuff uh, because I'm pretty much glued to my phone all the time so a lot of the pictures are things that I see or we send each other in our chats um, and just sort of clean it up to be sent out Um, you know obviously you don't want any customer information or things like that in the background of pictures and so we might send them to each other but gotta make sure what you're sending out is Good for air, as they say in the biz. Believe it or not, we're, we're getting better. We're still learning. We're refining as we go along. So by the end of season two, it's going to sound wildly different from season the beginning of season two. But uh, <laughs> we're getting there. We we are. So Jeff, uh, give us just like a a little overview. How do how do we get inspired to do these stories? Like where does that come from? Well, historical events, uh, trends in the industry, you know, products that we are, that we work with, um, you know, the beginning was sort of just like, you know, maybe we, we just kind of did that round table discussion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah that was season was, one. Yeah. So now we're really doing a deep dive and, and getting into all the nuances of, of, you know, these stories and finding historical documentation and like, you know, I've looked in old newspaper articles and things like that. Um, you know, there's really a lot out there, you know, obviously, um, firsthand information from back in the day, if you could find it is always the best. Um, we're not just sharing our opinion on things, which was more what the first season was. This is really, you know, facts. This is what happened or this is, what could happen and i think it's really cool because you know each part of our trade could be its own multiple part episode probably and you know i don't know that we want to get that detailed but you know that nuanced right we have to acquiesce to what the listeners want we don't want to put anybody (laughs) to sleep and i think that's what really has set this season apart from season one is Season one, like you said, Jeff, we're trying to take our own opinions and have that roundtable discussion. Uh, but with season two, we're telling stories and not just any story. We are telling fact-based stories. And I think it's our hope that locksmiths and, and door hardware professionals, people who are just hired by a glass company to be a laborer, or even somebody who's just in charge of facilities somewhere can listen to these episodes and have a historical factual basis on what should happen today. They kind of have that little backup to say, Hey, look back in 1908, Lakeview, 1903, Iroquois, you know, and so on and so forth. And 
they can just have that little bit of extra knowledge. Even if they don't really have to share it, they could share it just to sound smart on a job. I know I've done that a couple times since we started season two. Just started quoting things from our podcast episodes uh, just to sound slightly more intelligent than I felt at the moment. Yeah, and I think that all three of us, you know, we're not done with locks at five o'clock and it's really a passion for all of us. So, you know, there's so many different things we could talk about. Um, But we like to keep it different and, you know, you'll notice a common theme, uh, but they're all a little bit different. So to keep it engaging and... Yeah, I mean, we, we all chip in... And we want this to be something that is not only entertaining, but also educational and resourceful. And we want our listeners to know that they can reach out to us through our website, 3 at any time to say, hey, I've got a question about this. And you can also mail me your comments on the back of a baked potato. Or a watermelon. We, we accepted watermelons one time. Yeah, but the watermelon won't fit in my mailbox. The baked potato is... Uh, yeah. Okay. All right, folks. Stick around, because there's a lot more ahead. From YouTube, Susie G says, Thank you for the info. I retired from the fire department last April. My last two and a half years as a fire inspector. The subject will always be of interest for me. Well, first, thank you for your service. Uh, We really love hearing comments like yours. It really makes what we do worthwhile. And also having some friends that are in the fire service and sharing with them and getting, you know, experiences of some of the things that they've dealt with in the, you know, in the real world as it were you know you alright there Tim good to go in the Christmas spirit oh. yeah it really makes it worthwhile and uh, so in a little bit you're going to hear how Tim is not always in such great control when we record it says stop music maybe no just no. keep going okay uh, well. but since we're recording this episode live I thought I'd put his professional voice talent to the test So y'all at home know Tim has no idea what Jeff's cooked up for him. So his reaction will be real and unrehearsed, and so will Jeff's, and so will mine. All right, I'm putting. It... Send it to me, Jeff. I'm ready. All right. Uh, da, da, da. All right. So how do you want me to read this? Dramatical, cheery, and bright, or friendly documentary uh well joyful bells dash 180226 is not going to stop playing so you go along with it buddy (laughs) all right for a number of years now work has been proceeding in order to bring perfection to the crudely conceived idea of a transmission that would not only supply inverse reactive current for use in unilateral phase detractors but would also be capable of automatically synchronizing cardinal grammaters. Such an instrument is the turbo encabulator. Now, basically, the only new principle involved is that instead of power being generated by the relative motion of conductors and fluxes, 
It is produced by the modial interaction of magneto-reluctance and capacitive directance. The original machine had a base plate of prefamulated amulet surmounted by malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with the panometric fan. The latter consisted simply of six hydrocoloptic Mars Mars levanes so fitted to the ambifactant lunar wane shaft that the side fumbling was effectively prevented. The main winding of the main winding was of the normal Lotus O Delta type placed in panoramic semi bolotoid slots of the stator. Every seventh conductor being connected by a non-reversible tremie pipe up to the differential girdle spring on the up end of the grammaters. The turbo encabulator has now reached a high level of development and is being successfully used in the operation of Novertronians. Moreover, when a fluorescent score motion is required, it may also be employed in conjunction with a drawn reciprocation dingle arm to reduce sinusoidal repulation. Now, if you'd like to uh, see where that came from, uh, if you want, I have the clip here. You can play it if you want to hear it. It's pretty good. It. I've never heard that before. Actually, so that was amazing. Yes, yeah, so that is fra- called the Turbo Encabulator. It has been the the clip that I sent you is the original. Uh, there was a guy named Bud Taggart who did a bunch of like instructional videos for Chrysler and GM, and this has been parodied multiple times uh, in different videos. They did a Rockwell Automation version where he's standing in front of this giant motor control center, and the uh, different guy did that. But there's some Chrysler. Tri- so if you want to play it. Tyler, Maestro, it's only like two minutes of them. I, I cannot through the Riverside okay. software, unfortunately. Well, yeah. But if, can, you, if you go on YouTube and search it. We, yes, we will link to it in our social media channels. How's that? Thank you, there we go. Yes, thank you for being a good sport, Tim. <laughs> hey, I, I think I kind of got all of it, but I'll uh, go back and listen and see how bad it was. And it's sort of what customers hear when we talk about locks. So (laughs) I agree. Yep. Probably so. All right. Let's see what's next in the C block. That's how we used to label these things was a block, B block, C block, E block, D block, whatever block. I don't know. Doesn't like the C block. Yeah, I don't. I'm Morley Safer. I'm Anderson Cooper. And I'm Leslie Stahl. <laughs> These stories and more Andy Rooney uh, tonight on 60 Minutes. <laughs> Deidre Kuhn writes, This should be required watching for everyone to learn from. And in response to our series on the Lakeview School Fire, Marsha Nelson says, I grew up in Cleveland in the 50s and 60s and never heard of this. 
So I'm not sure how I first heard about this, um, but when I either discovered it or rediscovered it and we were in season one, I suggested that we do an episode on it. I certainly didn't think of how tragic it was and, and the impact of what it has today. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't think we learned about it growing up either, but I remember probably from a Von Duprin video, a history video, and I heard that it happened in Cleveland. So, I, you know, I looked it up and I knew the Collinwood area and um, we decided to go with it. And I think it was a pretty successful series. Yeah, one of our highest viewed so far. Everything's got over almost 200 by now. Uh, I, I tell you what I've learned, not just in Lakeview, but other ones, is that the when you're researching it, you can get like 20 different sources, and all 20 will have conflicting information, and you're pulling your hair out thinking, well, who's right, who's wrong? So that that's kind of the... We find ourselves a lot of times thinking, well, who's right, who's wrong? Do we go with this? And then somebody's going to be like, oh, you idiot. No, this is this is what really happened. And then we finally just said, you know, to hell with it. Uh, either we're right or we're wrong. Uh, we're going to give you our sources, and then you can decide from there whether we're right or wrong. And uh, fortunately so far, nobody said, you know, you're a bunch of idiots, even though we may be. But uh, we're doing the best we can with what we've got. Because as Tim said a lot of times at the intros of these series, this stuff happened hundred years ago so far what we've talked about so things wildly wildly outdated in terms of research and available materials but we're doing the best we can so far so good and i would just like to add to that you know i think we between the three of us we consider our source material and if there's something that's only mentioned in one tiny source uh, about a very specific detail generally we don't include that or we include that in such a way to say this is the only instance that we've heard of this but we can't back it up from anything else so we do actually in a way we're actually doing journalistic research for this which is pretty cool yeah yeah I will say uh, we did have a sort of a technical feedback in a way. Gregory Clemen on YouTube commented uh, with regards to the Lakeview School Fire. Uh, if the fire started due to natural causes such as in the coal bunker, uh, the source of fuel to support a fire and in no way to put it out, the, the coal bunker is pretty much a room, and I'm paraphrasing his comments at this point, Coal bunker is a room constructed of brick, and it's loaded from the outside of the building and is constructed next to the boiler room inside the building basement. And stoker coal is the stuff that they load inside of this, and it's in the shape of nuggets, and it's easily ignited. So I guess what Gregory was kind of hinting at is that, you know, that's likely or a, a safe assumption as far as the source of this fire. I know we talked about the uh, exhaust pipe that went through the studs that may or may have not been insulated properly. But I, I think kind of what he's hinting at is that it's, it, it could likely be that Stoker coal. Yeah. I think I actually mentioned that as well, maybe during our discussion uh, during that series. 
Um, but I, I do want to follow up and say with the Lakeview school fire, I think that was the absolute most difficult story that we've done thus far. Uh, I mean, it was four parts that we recorded four parts worth of material that I wrote. And, you know, Tyler, like you said, you gave me your, your 20,000 foot and in some cases, 10,000 foot view, Jeff, you gave me your local points of view, which you said, uh, pictures from the actual memorial, which really did actually inspire some of the things that I wrote. Um, because I do write all the narration script based off of our research. Um, this story was really hard. And I also shared uh, some personal things from previous careers that I had done uh, when I was working as a 911 dispatcher. And that brought up a lot of old memories that I hadn't thought of in a while until we did this episode. But I'm glad we did it because hopefully somewhere out there in the U.S., there is a locksmith or door hardware installer that listens to this episode or to that, to those episodes, I should say, and can come back against a school that says, Hey, we've got clearance from the fire marshal to install, to install deadbolts on these doors. And that locksmith or that door hardware person knows that that should not happen. So give our stuff a listen. It might give you a lot of perspective on something. Well, they are listening. Like I, I, I think I've teased this before. I know I've sent it in the chat, but um, uh, before the end of this month, well, last month, uh, had a thousand people listening, thousand downloads. This month, closer to four thousand. So whatever we're doing is working. People are listening, and we appreciate it. God, we appreciate it. Um, but who one knows day we might going. actually make like five cents off of this thing. <laughs> we might make five pennies. Sorry, I was uh, I was distracted. We see that we could tell. Here we go. So okay. D block. That's what Tim used to call all these blocks. Where did he come up from that from? Ask him on our social media channels. Hit it, Tyler. It's buffering. Have faith. It's the Christmas spirit. It's the Hanukkah Carol, spirit. Go ahead. Do Carol Bells. Sure. We have enough bandwidth the last eight nights. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yenzi says, I've thoroughly enjoyed your three series on the different fires. You cover them respectfully and give great information about things I've never even considered before. Like I just said, we hope that locksmiths, door hardware professionals, building managers, regular employees of places, and, and just everyday citizens take what we have to say to mind. Jeff, you said it in one of our recent episodes that after I mentioned in a discussion, you checked the second leaf of every double door that you encountered at convenience stores or, or grocery stores or wherever you went 
to see if they were unlocked because that's a fire hazard if you have two outswinging doors yet one side is locked yeah it's very important and I hope that we can inspire people to take an extra 30 seconds and uh, you know know your egress routes or you know make sure stuff is working uh, make sure your car is locked every night something very basic uh, that you know a lot of the cities and departments are helping to prevent people's thefts you know at one time if the police were driving around and they saw that your uh, garage door is up they would leave a little business card on your door it says hey you know we were in the area you left your door open you know just as a heads up and uh, so I hope that we can help people be a little bit safer and uh, you know get some history as well I think it, it you know, there's always something to learn absolutely so we've already kind of mapped out like the next what I don't know 5,000 episodes isn't that something right Tyler like that. <laughs> I mean we know got, where we're going we we definitely know where our go where we are going we definitely know where I are going um, to bed after we're done with this. Uh, so coming up, we do have two more fire life safety episodes. Tyler, what kind of a journey are we going to take through history and subject matter? Well, it's going to be a lot more up to date. At least one of them is. One of them is going to be the uh, probably the most documented fire in U.S. history from uh, government, independent agencies, on-site recording, reporting, uh, kind of what I would consider the first social media age sort of uh, man-on-the-scene kind of thing. Um, and, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. We uh, Coconut Grove. We're going to do that, which happened during World War II. Right. And then the Station Nightclub, uh, which happened uh, a little after 2000. Right. Um, so we're going, to, we're going to be talking about those two, and that, that's going to end the doom and gloom series, as I like to call it, or as Tim coined it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm tired of talking about this, but it, it's necessary to learn and, and, and get better at. Um, so that, that's what we've got next. And then after that, God, a lot more positive stuff. And, and I agree. I mean, it might not all be like positive, but we're going to do some true crime stuff. We're going to do some true crime stuff from the 70s, the 80s, maybe late 60s. We're probably also most likely going to do some true crime stuff from, uh, what was it, the early 2000s? But not the early 2000s AD the early 2000s BC so stay tuned for that as well that's something I'm really looking forward to I think I might that's have a, said that that's that's a surprise to me that's pretty cool I said that in the group text you I weren't paying attention everything you know neither hmm. can we so don't get mad at us okay folks Here's the part of the podcast we know you've really been waiting for. That's right. This is the part where we shine with our elocutionary prowls. Did I say that right? No. Prowess. Prowess? Elocutionary prowess. I thought it was prowess, but whatever. And elaborate on our 
elaborate on our nuances? You know how what to say re- that word. What he really means is, here's our end of the year blooper reel. Before we get started, I'd like to take a moment to talk about shop safety. 90s and the 1906. Ble- yeah, but I'm clicking. Oh, okay. Blooper reel. And ironically enough, one of the first examples of installations or oh, let me say it again. Just certain peculiar, peculiar nuances about stuff like that. Knowing how to use your power tools properly will greatly reduce the risk of personal injury. One of the first installations or multiple oh shit. In 1911, construction on the. Yeah, you're right. I know I'm right, beesh. Mute your mic, Jeff. No, one more time. Say it for me, please. I did. I know one more time. Envelopes were left in certain places where it would be. Tyler, you're not. Oh, muted. could you? Oh, god. So I can. I'll do my voodoo that I do so well. Knowing how to use your power tools properly will greatly reduce the risk of personal injury. They might not have to do quite the deep dive on. Quite. That was a good one. <laughs> Fuck. Narration. He's practicing. Narration begins. Yeah, thank God my wife's seen you both because she might think that um, I'm trying to masquerade something. (laughs) I'm fucking union. And backing up too close to the propane infrared heater in our house when I was a very small child trying to dry off getting out of the bath. This will be edited out. But I just had to take a dive deep. Very good, Jeff. And remember this, there's no more important safety rule than to wear these safety glasses. And that's a wrap. We'll fix it. Okay. No, no, no. One more. Come here. One more here. Ah. was funny we had some great memories there uh I, that, I, that was a that was a real was, hoot and a holler that was a real knee slapper with my norm abram impression <laughs> tim mispronouncing yeah. things we got a whole bunch of bloopers coming up already for next year this whole episode is done. this whole this whole recording tonight this whole hour is one has been one blooper reel pretty much i mean it, but guys that was so awesome i mean just to hear that you know we do screw up we can't say peculiar 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 that word we have to say nuances instead because Tyler taught us that word I mean that wasn't our word to start with that was Tyler's word but we adopted it because he let us (laughs) yeah true still in my culture yeah still in still in I, lo- I, lo- I love hearing my kid tell me to shut up. <laughs> you know, Tyler, that was actually, like, really sweet. Because 
your one kid said, you know, no, I've already done it. And your other kid said, no, this is stupid. You know, I saved that for a long time. All right. So we also, in addition, Tyler, to your children and my boss's grandchildren, we had some additional talent at the Von Duprin Tees. The tees at the end of Lakeview School, or at the end of the uh, Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. We had Hunter Gardner as Mr. Henry H. DuPont. We had Trace Swan as Clemens Vonnegut. And we had Shane Moody as Mr. Carl Prinzler. So we would really like to extend our gratitude to their voice talents for participating in our show. And I heard they've graciously, they've graciously uh, accepted being paid in exposure. Yes, they have. They, we have guaranteed them 10% of my royalties for the first three months of that episode. Jeff, should we go ahead and tell them? Don't spend it all in one place. Tim, we're giving you a raise. We're going to double your salary right now. Yes. Yes, that is so awesome. So I that means that means I still have to use my rewards points at McDonald's for a Big Mac, right? Yeah. It's a Christmas miracle. Yeah. All right. Just because we've streamlined our podcasts doesn't mean that we've decreased our behind-the-scenes staffing. On the contrary. We still have all of our original staffers and more working tiredly every day. Without further ado, our British hospitality advisor is Tina Crumpet. Accounts payable clerk is Amelda Chucks. Director of the Alpine Choir is Oleo Leahy. Uh, our wardrobe consultant is Natalie Tired. She sounds hot. Registered mail manager is Kent B. Good. And our liaison to the space program is Roger Houston. Director of computer diagnostics is Guess Again. Tim's figure skating coach is Landon Mikeister. Fleet manager is Oscar De La Rental. Grammar consultant is I Am Surely Right. Our bolt tightener is Tilda Plierslip. Executive producer is Tyler J. Thomas. Technical producer is Jeff Moss. Writer and editor is Tim Coleman. Last and certainly least is our chief legal counsel, Hugh Lewis Dewey of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. Otherwise known to the kids waiting in line to see Santa as Huey Louie Dewey. This has been a Three Tumblers production. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. Find this episode. Man, that was cool to hear that again. Find this episode along with the all... all <laughs> fuck. Keep it in. I don't give a shit. Find this episode along with all the ones that are a lot better on our website, 3 or wherever you get your podcast. Folks, I'm sorry. I had a great day at work today, and I've been celebrating by drinking, and it's a, it's a holiday episode. And, We're having a great time. And you also just got over the, fl- the man flu, so we understand. I just got over <laughs> flu, man. I, I've, been, I've been bedridden for five days. Folks, I don't mean to show you my problems. But it's a good night for Tyler, so I appreciate you. Yeah, that's why the music couldn't play. Jeez. Yeah. We have I to mean, act to your nuances. I, you know, you know. Yeah. Tim, make sure you keep, Tim, keep this all in, please. Oh, yeah, God, it's going to stay in because it's going to come back to haunt you in months, in years to come. What, I mean, when I'm broke? 
Yeah. Not, and we're not rich. tonight, baby. <laughs> not tonight.